The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. If you're clapping for the Kennedy, I think it's good enough. But if you're doing it to Jesus... Let's give it to him. All other grounds is sinking sound, but the ground that is founded on Jesus can never, never sink. Father, we celebrate you this morning. We glorify your name. We magnify you. You are the solid rock on which we stand. You are the solid rock on which we stand. We return all the praise and all the glory to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. I'd like us to take one or two prayer points before we go into all we need to do for this section. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. There's a reverb. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. And the scripture says, if you can believe all things are possible to them that believe. The first Sunday, takeoff Sunday that we had as a church in January 19, 2015. This was the text of scripture that God gave to us. If you can believe everything. Now, I don't know what it is in your life that seems daunting. Maybe too big, too mighty to comprehend. I'd like you to lift up your voice. This morning I say, Lord, I believe. I believe you for that miracle. I believe you for that change. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lord, I believe you. I believe you for a change. I believe you for a transformation. I believe you for a newness. I believe you for increase in ministry. I believe you for a new dimension of grace. I believe you. I believe you. I believe your word. I believe your word. I believe your word. I believe your word for our health. I believe your word for our marriage. I believe your word for our lives. I believe it. Lord, we declare that in the name that's above every name, everything you have said concerning us, everything you have said concerning our lives, everything you have said concerning our future, Lord, is true. We believe you, oh God. We stand in faith this morning. As a people and as a church, we declare we believe in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, because we believe, we declare a manifestation is pouring out a manifestation. We declare a manifestation this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you thanks 
We give you praise. We give you worship. And to you be praise. To you be glory. And to you be honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father in heaven, we believe you. We believe your word. We believe the future you have created for us. A glorious future. A prosperous future. Oh, a peaceful future with a happy ending. We believe the destinies that you have in stock for us as individuals, as a family, and as a church. We believe the glorious end that is awaiting each and every one of us in throne of grace. Father, everything you have spoken concerning our lives, concerning our children, concerning our careers, concerning our families, concerning our health. Lord, we enforce it into manifestations in our lives this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare by faith in your word our lives will not be the same again. From today, there will be change of stories. Today, destinies are shifting. Today, we will be all that you've ordained for us to become. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I'd like you to jam those hands as you take your seats in his wonderful presence. Praise the name of the Lord. Fragrance of life, the Lord bless you. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Praise the name of the Lord. I'd like to welcome everybody to this vision and variety service. And now it's, it's going to be... I'm just going to probably just highlight some few things by way of announcements. And then after that, I would um, just share briefly about some of the ideas and the visions that God gave to us from the beginning and I will take questions and comments and then we move into a worship session and bring the service to a close. Um, I'd like to start with some of the announcements. Who knows what is happening from Friday? You guys are not bold. Who knows what is happening on Friday? Now those of you who are watching online, AGC simply means annual grace conference that is what is happening it's our eighth annual grace grace conference now put your hands together let's celebrate jesus let's celebrate jesus now many people do not understand the origin of our, the annual grace conference specifically on the 30th of march 2014 that was when the church was given birth to that was when the church was inaugurated. March 30th, 2014. So, March 30th, 2022, it will be eight years since God has seen us through this great work. Is God not faithful? Is God not merciful? Is God not kind? He's worthy of our praise. Let's give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And friends... It's been a wonderful journey through this past eight years. And we've seen God's faithfulness. We've seen God's goodness. So every match ending, 
what we simply do is that we take our time to just celebrate the goodness of God and to remind us of where we are coming from. And that is why we celebrate the annual Grace Conference. That's why we celebrate it. So this year, on the 1st of April, we have a teaching service and the ministry will be Pastor Dayo Deyemo. And then on Saturday, there's going to be a musical concert. It's going to be an amazing time in the presence of God. We have Joe Praise. We have Gide Adoye. We have Kola Bekez. We have the Royal Citizens. And then we have our own fragrance of life. We're going to be ministering powerfully in the mighty name of Jesus. You can't afford to miss it. Those of you who are watching wherever part of the world you're from, you're watching from, please don't miss it. It's going to be broadcasted live on all our channels in the mighty name of Jesus. And I look forward to seeing you on Friday. It's in-person service, so please come with a lot of expectations. And I believe that God will reach out to each and every one of us mightily in Jesus' mighty name. Now, the weekend after that, we have um, a visit by the regional pastor. Now, um, in the Redeemed Christian Church of God, there are strators of leadership. Um, that's what they call the parish pastor, which is one level of leadership. That's a, what they call the zona coordinator and that level of leadership. And then from there, they have what they call a province, a pastor in charge of province. That's another leader, layer of leadership. So it just progressively goes up. And then they have what they call the country, I mean the, the regional um, coordinator. And it just keeps go, going on. So the person that is coming is way up there. <laughs> That's the only way I can probably uh, explain it, you know. So we're having a regional, we're having a province-based conference on the 8th of April, which is a Friday. And that runs from 8 p.m. to about 10 p.m. in the night. And it's going to be holding in Jesus House Cabro, where the provincial headquarters is. I'd like to encourage as many people that can make it. It's actually meant for every member of the church who can make it. Um, I think the address is 32 Progress, um, Progress Avenue, somewhere in Scarborough. Uh, we'll flash the announcement again next Sunday for clarity. Then on Friday, I mean on Saturday, 10 a.m. by 9, 9th of Friday, 10 a.m., the same venue, uh, the teaching program is going to continue. Then on Sunday, um, it's going to, the tabernacle is going to move here. I thought you were going to put your hand together for the Lord. So 10th of April, uh, the regional pastor will be here. He's going to be ministering to us. And not only that, he's also going to be dedicating for us our new flame center. Our center for educational excellence. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. And I look forward to seeing you in all of those services. Because it's going to be an amazing time. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, our second in-house wedding. It's coming up April the 30th. Give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You know. You know. Um, um, it will be. It will be. Ilobe and uh, and Salah opened the floodgates. And it's going to be from one wedding to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we please, uh, can we see Sister Sarah, please? 
come to the camera now. Just come to uh -huh, so that they can see you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You know, this God, this God is a prayer answering God. You know, for me, I had I had I had categories of people that I was praying for in terms of hierarchy. I had and the first two has been cleared. There are other ones, let me not call about the other ones that are going to be cleared. And they're going to be cleared very soon. Amen. And everyone who is not married, who is trusting God for a marital partner, God will bring your partner to you. Amen. He will bring him to you. He will bring her also to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, there's something, there's something, there's something, there's something that I see about what God is doing with people who are trusting God for marital partners in throne of grace. What God does is that he brings one from the east and they meet here. I don't want to tell you how this brother saw this sister, with this wonderful sister, but he just brought one from the east and they meet here. Praise the name of the Lord in the house. Somebody just said, let's, let's, just, let's just pray for Sister Sarah and Brother Ben. That the glory and the favor and the mercy of God that will cause them to stand out will rest upon them. That as they plan this their marital experience and journey, their lives will not be the same again. It shall be from glory to glory to glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Every heart desire for them. God will bring it to pass. God will bring it to pass. They will not fail. They will not falter. Every need that they require to be able to make this a success, we receive for them in the mighty name of Jesus. You will prosper. Your marriage will prosper. You will excel. Your marriage will excel. Your home will excel. Everything you desire to make that home a wonder on earth, we receive it for you today in the mighty name of Jesus. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's give it up again once more as Sister Sarah takes her seat. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please don't just shout to send, make sure, make sure you support her with some wonderful gifts. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> now, tax receipts have all been sent out for the year ending, tax year ending 2021. So please, if perchance, a couple of people, I think some of them, it went into their junk mails. But if perchance you have not received your tax receipt, please reach out to the accounts team. Reach out to Sister Funke uh, Majabi so that they can ensure that it gets sent back to you just in case you've not received it. And last but not the least, for many of you, you know that look, the max mandate in Ontario has been lifted. However, it is not mandatory for you to remove your mask. Do what you feel is comfortable to you. So if you want to wear your mask, you're free to. If you also do not want to wear your mask, you're also free to. Remember that at the end of the day, it is God that keeps. And I believe God that God will keep and protect each and every one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Also, as the social distancing issues you know, progress, we'll make modifications as the case may be. Uh, to God's praise and to God's glory. 
Father, we just want to thank you again as we just share briefly from your word. We ask that God in heaven, your word will do us good and prosper in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm not going to be preaching for a long time. I'm just going to be sharing very briefly because I have another church program that I'm going to be running off for almost immediately after now. Now, the first sermon that God laid in my heart to prepare in 2014, I took out some scripts out of that. And like I said, that sermon was taken from Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and verse 24. And, and in that sermon, I wrote out if some phrases of what I believe God wants throne or grace to be as a church. And I'm going to read it the way it was ministered to my heart eight years ago. Because I still have it in my journal. And every now and then I go back to it. The theme of the service that day was I believe. I believe. And in that message I wrote out and I said, I believe that God will do something great with throne of grace. I believe that throne of grace is a large, vibrant, worshipping church. A place of his presence. A place of prayer. A place of power. A place of worship. Walking the world with wonders shall be a natural occurrence with us. I believe that throne of grace is a place where the love for God is found and the love for one another expressed and experienced. I believe that throne of grace is a place where the whole gospel is shared as a tool for transformation of lives. I believe that throne of grace is a place where every believer will be equipped for good works. I believe that our ministry will be to all, to the hurting, to the depressed, to the confused, to the hopeless, both to the young and to the old, to everyone in our Richmond Hill community, to the, everyone in the GTA, as a whole, till faith and hope and love is restored. I believe that through God, we will be transforming lives and establishing his kingdom. Those were the phrases that I wrote out at the start of the church. And that is where we got the tagline, transforming lives, establishing his kingdom. And the summary of what I believe that God shared with us at that beginning could be captured in three phrases called three E's. Three E's. Three E's. And I like the technical who helped me with the PowerPoint. 
of those three E's is captured within those three words. Encounter. Empower. Establish. Now, at a time when this vision was placed in my heart, we were only five adults and eight children. Me and my wife, and three of our then children, but today there are no more children. Brother Ame and the wife, and two of their small children at the time, but today they are teenagers. Sister May and three of her children. The husband had not joined at the time. It's that's 13 of us. There was no way in my wildest imagination that I, I could think that God can progress us this far. If I recall one of the days when I went to one of the senior pastors, you know, and said to the senior pastor that I feel that God is leading us to start a walk in the Richmond Hill area. He said, hmm, Richmond Hill is a tough place. How come you're going to Richmond Hill? I said, that is what I'm feeling at this time. He said, oh, I know that people have wanted to start a redeemed church for over 10 years in Richmond Hill. But let me advise you. Just know that when you're starting a redeemed Christian church of God, you are basically on your own. I said, really? He said, yes. He said, so I would advise you, just look for a small place where your tithe and the tithe of your wife will be able to pay the rent. I was disappointed. Why was I disappointed? I was disappointed because where I was coming from, the people who have, who, who for instance, has a calling upon them to start a work in the redeemed Christian church of God, get support, more or less. But that was not the case. But you see, from fast forwarding now, see how God has helped us. Fast forwarding now, where it looks as if there was no hope. See how God has enlarged us. Fast forwarding now, where it looks as if can this really be possible? Within the context of two years, from 2014, God gave us this property. 2016, God gave us this property. At that point in time, we're not up to 100 people. In fact, when I told the church, a couple of people who were here went looking for places and we couldn't find a place to use. And then one day when I was praying, God said, if you can't find a place, why not look for a place to buy? I said, oh God, how can I buy a place now? Where is the money going to come from? But see, when God is in a business, and the same thing for you, the same thing for everyone under the sound of my voice, never underrate what God can do with you. Because when God is in the business of your life, things may not appear to be able to add up but faith in God can produce the supernatural, can produce the miraculous, can bring about the unexpected in your life. From nowhere, the resources came. And we bought this place. And of course, we know the rest of the rest is story, is history, if I put it that way. Now, why is this important to the subject of faith? 
this is important because eight years ago, I was standing in the place of speaking faith to declare what I felt God has said concerning us. So when I was saying, I believe, what I was doing was I was vocalizing to the heavenlies that this is the mandate that God has placed in our hearts. And by the same token, I'm also vocalizing to the heavenlies, the next step for throne of grace is coming. I thought your amen would be better than that. Where God is taking us to, we have not even gotten anywhere close to it. We're not getting anywhere close to it. And we will not see wind, we will not see rain, but the valleys shall be filled with water. And friends, you are permitted to dream. That is what faith is about. You are permitted to dream. Oh, you, you can dream as high as you desire for your life, for your family, for your future, for your career. You are permitted to. You're permitted to. But you see, when you catch a dream, don't let the dream die in your heart. Do what? Vocalize it. In the text of Mark chapter 9, verse 23, that story, the Bible was telling us about a man that came to Jesus Christ who had a, a child who was sick and all of that. And, and Jesus Christ, he came to Jesus and said, hey, if you can help me, you know, just please, just please help me. And then, and then this Jesus said to this man, if you can believe, what I just need you to do is to believe. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, maybe there's a height God has said to you, you're going to get to. But God is saying, if you can believe. But you see, it did not stop there. The scripture says that after Jesus had finished saying that word, the man declared, I believe. And that's what made the difference. Vocalization of your belief. And that's what they call speaking faith. Time is not going to permit me because I'm not going to be speaking that much on it. But that's what speaking faith is about. Oh, don't keep quiet about your dreams. Speak it out. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Things may not add up, but I believe. I may not have enough resources now, but I believe the money is coming. Oh, I, I, I don't think the partner is here. I can see the partner with no focus. But I believe the partner is coming. My marriage may not be what it is, but I believe it is changing for the better. Oh, I, I believe you're going to vocalize it, friends. You're going to vocalize it. You're going to vocalize it. You're going to vocalize it. So the, the, the vision was encaptioned under that umbrella called encounter. Empower. And establish. Now let's quickly run through some of them. If you look at the context of encounter, there are about three things that God said to us he would help us to create. And the first one talks about a worship experience. We want to be a church where when you come in, you can encounter the presence of God. That's what encounter is. You encounter the presence of God. You encounter his life. You encounter his grace. You encounter him like none other. A worship experience that is intense. That is why sometimes our praise and worship is vibrant. That's why it's vibrant. That's why sometimes as well 
We seek for the presence of God. So friends, we don't want to be a body of people that will just come and it will just be for the socials. I want to be able to come in here and I am trusting God for a time where we will come in here. Worship will be going on. People will be slain in the spirit. Oh, worship will be going on. Lives will be transformed. Worship will be going on. There will be healing going on. Worship will be going on. Miracles, signs and wonders will be breaking forth in the house. A time is going to come. Worship will be going on. The glory presence of God We fill this house and it will be Become impossible even for people to be able to do anything. Why? Presence of God. That's what church is about. If you take away the encountering process of God from church, church becomes like a social gathering. But one encounter God, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 1, that when Solomon finished, finished building the temple, the scripture says that the glory of God filled the house. The glory of God filled the house. And friends, throne of grace will be a place where we'll encounter the love of God. In a warm, friendly atmosphere. And I say this because it is within the context of that friendly, loving atmosphere that God can do his best with us. So we need to encounter that worship experience. Not only the worship experience, but we also need to encounter the second dimension of it, which is life-changing. Paul said, I did not come unto you, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I came out in power and in the demonstration of the Spirit of God. I came in power. In other words, when we come to church, we expect lives to be changed. Oh, yes. Oh, I don't know about you, but the way I started eight years ago is not the way I am today. I, I know, for me, I know that how I started to, to, to 2014 is not, not how I am today. And I know a number of us who, when we, when we were in 2014, oh, we were very raw. <laughs> but today, we were much better, far more better. And, and God is still taking us higher. God is still taking us higher. And of course, the third aspect of it is that we're going to be a place of excellence. A place of excellence. And that is why we commit so much to priding ourselves that this place cannot, things cannot just be done out of order. They've got to be done in, with order. Why? Because excellence speaks. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 10, it says, approving the things that are excellent. Excellence. Excellence. And I'm grateful to God because almost all the ministers that have come in here, I recall one of the ministers that came from big, one of these big pastors that came once. He said, wow. It looks as if I should just carry this church like this. And he called the city and carried it to my own city and put it like that. Excellence speaks. Excellence honors God. The Bible says that a, a woman called the queen of Queen Sheba, when he heard about the glory and the things that God has used Solomon to do, he came to Jerusalem to just see with his eyes. And when he got to Jerusalem, what happened? The scripture says that by this time he saw everything that was happening, both in the temple and everywhere. The Bible said that his heart, <laughs> you know, his spirit almost left him. 
In other words, wow. Wow. Excellence honors God. Honors God. The Bible talks of our God who is excellent in greatness. It, God does not deserve half measure. So we can't afford to do things in this house half measure. We must test that standard of excellence. Why? Because excellence honors God and inspires people. It inspires people. It inspires people. You know, I had, an, I had an opportunity to go with a few people in the media team to you know, a place where there is a, another dimension of excellence somewhere in, is it Whitby or Ajax? I think Whitby. Is it Whitby or Ajax? Whitby. Oh, come, come and see excellence. The worship experience was something else. Was something else. It, it, it inspires. In fact, sometimes when you get into some environment that speaks of excellence, you don't even know when worship will be sweet. You want to be part of that environment. Oh, yes. But if you come to a place where everything is all scattered and messed up, the Bible even says that cleanliness is next to godliness. Let's, let's, let's move on. So we, we want to encounter God within the context of those environments. The next dimension of it is that we, we want to not only encounter God, but we want to also do what? What is the next one? Empower, be empowered. We want to be empowered. We want to be empowered. Empowered. Empowered by love. Empowered by the equipping of the saints for good works. Empowered by the engracing of everyone in throne of grace to become Christ-like. Empowered by love. The Bible says, you know, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it says this is how we know love. This is how we know love. Friends, I, I am trusting God that the life of love will flow so much into us that every one of us will be men and women that will radiate love at its best state. Because the truth is, if we encounter God and we don't, if we're not empowered by the attributes of God, then we're not in church. Our church becomes fake. And one of the greatest commands that God has given is that you must love. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God as well. Love God, the first commandments. And of course, move further to say, okay, love your neighbor. And on and on. He says our love is, must be such, such that it permits every aspect of our church worship. If you have to lay your life for your brother, lay it down. Friends, nobody is permitted in this house to live a frustrated, lonely, depressed life. When there's a brother, you can rest yourself on his shoulder. Or there's a sister, you can rest yourself on their shoulders. Nobody is. If you choose to, it's up to you. In other words, get yourself out of your cocoon. Why withdraw? Identify with a group. Identify with someone. You may not flow with me, but you can flow with Dick and Muiwa. Identify with someone. Join a small group. Oh, if you feel that, oh, maybe after service everybody runs away, there's a small group within your locality where you can join. At least I know that about is it eight now or nine house fellowship centers? For those who live very close by in the Richmond Hill Axis, there's one. If you live very far away, you know, in the axis of Branton, there is one. 
If you live on the west, east, east end, up to Whitby, there is one. So look for a one and just join and be a part of it. Be a part of it. Get out of your comfort zone. Call somebody and say, I just want to check out on you. And friends, let's share this love. The Bible says the church in the New Testament, which is a type of a church that we are trusting God for. The Bible says that none of them saw themselves to have anything for themselves. They shared themselves one with another. The love of God. The love of God. The love of God. Not only the love of God, but equipped, equipping us unto good works. Equipping us unto good works. And of course, the third but not the last is being in grace to be like Christ. I just jumped because of the sake of my time. Because I need to take some questions and then wrap up somewhere along the line. Is that when you encounter his presence, his love in your act of worship. And God equips you and empowers you. He's not equipping you and empowering you so that you just sit down there and not do anything. He's, he's, he's equipping you. He's making you Christ-like. He, he's giving you more grace so that you can do what? You can go out and establish his kingdom. That is the reason why you and I were not taken when we gave our lives to Christ. Back to heaven. That is the reason why he's pouring so much in you. It's like a master who gave talents to his servants. And he said, do business till I come. So every grace that God is pouring into you, he wants you to do what? He wants you to use those talents and those giftings. That is where being establishing the kingdom of God becomes very relevant. Becomes very relevant. And for us as a church, there are three dimensions and much more of that which I just like to speak to. One of them is imparting our youths and our children. Imparting our youths. The Bible says that our children will be mighty in the land. Psalm 112 and verse 2. Mighty in the land. So God expects you and I to impart on our children. From those who have children in their home place. Or being involved in the training and lead, leading of our children in the respective classes where they are through Christian education, through Bible study, and on and on. We've got to impart this life. We've got to impart this life. And that is why for us as a church, one of the things that I'm big on, and that is why I'm very grateful to God for New Flame Center. You see, when you have thoughts that God has placed in your heart, there are ways that God helps you to bring them to pass. And I've seen the hand of God in this house all you only need to do is to dream it and God brings it to pass. When we were looking for a place, we were just looking and then this came to pass. We were not looking for new flame center, but I knew at some point in our progress, we are going to own a school. What we are starting off is the foundation of where God is going to take us to. Be be because, because I'm looking forward to a time where we will not own, only own a school that teaches from the basic elementary to high school and, and to much more. To much more. So when we're looking for a place to house the children, you know, um, when this, we're using, for many of you who knew, we're using five, six, three, I think you need one or two. The children will walk all the way there before COVID. 
and then they will have their classes, they will come back because this place was already overflown. I mean, over, was already full. And we could not accommodate people. Our children could not, house, could not be housed here. So we got that place. When COVID hit, those guys refused to open up. So we're doing virtual for a long time. And then when COVID restrictions were lifted, we started to say, hey guys, can we come back? They said, no, we're not giving them the place uh, for now. And we're not sure whether we're going to be changing our minds very soon. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah because because one, of the, one of the fundamentals for church growth is that you must have a place where you can train up the next generation. So, I said, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I started looking for space, bigger space as it were to move the whole church to so that we can have a place for the children. And nothing was coming out. In fact, one that we saw once somewhere not too far, guess how much they said? $10 million. <laughs> and then I did the maths, the accountant in me calculated everything. Back, back, back. But I said, yeah, even if we can raise money for down payment, how are we going to pay the mortgage? Then somebody said, Pastor, let's go with faith. Let's go with faith. Let's go with faith. <laughs> I said, well, faith is progressive. <laughs> My own faith has not reached there yet. So let me be going small, small. You know. <laughs> and, then, and then suddenly, you know, Unit 13, the next building here came up for, for sale in the market. And we put in an offer there, and somehow it fell through. It didn't come true. We, before we knew it, right opposite us, to see how God works His wonders, you just walk straight, and you enter right in there. It came out. We put an offer in it, and the guy said, "We're going to give it to you." And before I knew what was happening, the down payment in this house. We raised over $400,000 to put as down payment into that place. And we didn't raise any, we didn't, we didn't print cards to say, please, um, give your people outside. To show you how God has been marvelous to us. How God has been good. When, when, when God gives you a vision, he makes a provision available. And friends, this is the starting point of where God is taking us to. In this place, we're starting off a learning school very soon. We're going to be teaching maths. We're going to be teaching English. We're going to be teaching different subjects. Also, there's going to be a music program running there. Some people are working with some of the franchise, some of these uh, children franchise groups to get us that structure. I want to, we're going to put that structure in place. We're going to put that structure in place. The idea, friends, is, 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 not, is not because we want to build any empire, but the idea is that we want to be able to do what? We want to be able to train up our children in the ways that will please God. We want to be able to give our children the best so that they can compete in this land. The Bible says our children will be mighty in the land. And I am believing God. Out of New Flame Center, leaders will come for this nation. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because... The next aspect of establishing is meeting the needs of the needy and the homeless, orphans. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 27, it says this is true religion. In the sight of God, 
caring for orphans and widows in their distresses, refusing to be corrupted in this world. That's why Tron TOG Foundation was set up to take care of the needy, to take care of orphans, to take care of people in our community and beyond that God wants us to minister to. And, and, and phenomenally, many of you have been such a great blessing to TOG Foundation. I recall that when at the onset, we've given a couple of scholarships. Last year, also we gave a scholarship for at least two people. I know one in-house, one somebody else, not in-house, somewhere else, one other school. So that God can help them achieve their dreams and their purpose. But we're trusting God that God would enlarge this. We're trusting God that God would enlarge it. And then last but not the least, within the context of what I believe that God is going to lead us into, is to inspire the aged in our society to know more about Jesus. To know more about Jesus. You see, one of the things that impressions that came to my heart, and every day it gets, it keeps getting bigger. Gets getting bigger. I recall when one of our sisters, you know, started doing the nursing program so many years ago. I said to her, please go and learn all you need to learn. Because very soon we're going to set up a long-term care home that will take care of the aged people. Can you imagine if, for instance, Throne of Grace has a 200-bed retirement home? Can you imagine that? And then what we do is that we take in people, believers and unbelievers alike, and then every morning or every evening we have devotion with the whole, with whole people. People who are about to die. I mean, as in because they are retirement age. Well, that's not that they are about to, not, not in terms of dying, I mean in that sense. So that <laughs> I, 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 I rephrase it. But, but people who are in a retirement gradually edging towards transition and you spend that last moments of their life to pour in Christ into them. It's bigger than any church. It's bigger than if I, most average churches in North America have a hundred people. And every day the reality of it is getting done on me. Get it done on me. You know, by, by special providence and grace, I, 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 was, I was nominated into one of these colleges you know, as a counselor. And, and I realized that there's so much there's so much impact we can make in our community. There's so much. There's so much. So I'm not thinking about church as only a physical structure where we will come in and have a great worship like this. No. But we're looking forward to a time where God will send you into homes to be a blessing. God will send us to set up, setting up homes to be a blessing. There are some churches that own homes. Well, they call them... I've been doing a lot of studies. Don't ask me. I've been doing a lot of studies in this area because it's a burden that is in my heart right now. And I know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine by the power that's at work in us. Oh, I believe God that God will use us to make an impact. I believe God that the time for throne of grace is coming where God will pour out more grace upon grace upon grace to be a blessing to our generation. I thought your amen would be better than that. So how do we do this? If Jesus starts, we need to get deeper. We need to get deeper. Deeper in prayer. He says my house shall be called a house of prayer. Deeper in love. 
You need to love the unlovable. Extend your ability to love and love more. Love more. Oh, people may offend you, but make up your mind, I'm going to love them. It's irrespective of. Go deeper in your love. Going to equip leaders. And that's why we have set up Solomon Business Institute and the Leadership Institute to train up and equip leaders. If you have not taken leadership 101, a section is going to start very soon, sometimes in May. Get ready and be a part of the Solomon Leadership Institute. It's been a source of blessing. Later in the year, there's going to be leadership 201 just to equip leaders. We're going to engage in educating the next generation. Our children will not be left out. By the special grace of God, we're going to plant more churches. We have a mandate to plant, start two churches. And I've said it before. Please, if the Lord has laid it as a burden in your heart, let's talk. Let's talk. We're going to assist the needy. We're going to assist the needy. We're going to care. Take care of the elderly. My last words before I open up for questions. Everyone has a part in this work. Everyone has a part. So please get involved. Everyone has a part. It's a great work. It's a great work. It's a great work. It's a great work. Nehemiah said in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 3. He said, look, hey, don't distract me. I'm doing a great work. Friends, make up your mind. I, I want to take this work deeper. I want to take this great work deeper. I want to take it deeper. If you've been praying before, take it deeper. I want to pray some more. 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 Do you know that in this, in this house, since 2015 till now, we've been having early morning prayers, 5.30 to 6.00. 2015 till now. How many people have been joining? Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. There are small groups all around. Get involved. There are workers and volunteers, people who have made up their mind to do one thing or the other. Why not get involved? Why not get involved? Why not get involved? Get involved in soul winning. You know, most times when we talk about soul, soul winning, many of us, we don't want to, you know, we think, oh. But do you know that that is the mandate that the church has? You know, Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. In your workplace, be a soul winner. In your community, be a soul winner. Be the light that points men to Christ. Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. And one aspect of soul winning, which, which many people do not know, is, is to invite people to church. It's one aspect of soul winning. Because you never know how their lives will be transformed. The Bible tells us of a story, and I think I will begin to wrap up at this point. In Luke chapter 14, you know, of, G, of, a, of a master that created a banquet and every now and then you know in many churches God creates a banquet for people to feed on but there's always room if you check now there's a seat with with or without social distancing there are seats around you that are empty so this master created a big banquet 
and people did not fill the place. So the master became angry and said, go call everyone, let them come in so that my house would be full. Jesus was giving this parable and he said in Luke chapter 14, verse 23, I read it from the NIV version, Luke 14, 23. He said, the master told his servants, get out of the roads and the country lanes and compel people to come in so that my house will be full. Compel people to come in. Compel them. In other words, he said, drag them. Compel means compel. Compel is not a, it's not, it's not a, it's, they are, they're going to give you excuses, but no, no, now I will come and pick you. Come and pick you. In other words, friends, when you, when, you, when you make up your mind, I'm going to invite people to church. I'm going to encourage them to come. Even if I have to go out of my way to pick them to come to church, what are you, what are you doing? You are doing evangelism. Because you never can tell how God can transform the life of someone. Get involved in sacrificial giving. Get involved. Get involved. Now ask yourself this question. Your, the sacrificial love you give, if that is how Christ gave that love, how would the world be? Your, your sacrificial commitment to church, if, if that is how Christ gave his own commitment, how will it be? Your, the resources you give, if that is how every other person gives, how will church advance? Ask yourself the question and make up your mind, I'm going to get deeper. I'm going to get deeper. I'm going to get deeper. There are some people who have been in this church for so many years. They don't pay tithes. Whether they believe or they don't believe, I don't know why. But what is your measure of your love? You can't give your time. You can't give your resources. What is the measure of the love you have for God? Oh, but some people say, but uh, maybe if I, if I, if I, how will I be giving my tithe when I've not even met all my resources? Is that, is that scriptures? I've met all my needs. That's not scriptures. The Bible says give and it shall be given to you. It did not say, oh, keep and it will be, keep, it will be given to you or it will be multiplied to you. Let's not turn scriptures around. Get deeper, friends, with sacrificial giving. But finally, get involved in serving. Get involved in serving. There's a place in throne of grace where you can soil your hands doing something for God. There's a place. There's a place for you. There's something you can do. There's a walk that's ahead. There's a glory that's ahead. Serving is the purpose that God, the reason why God has brought every one of us into the world for. And the best way you can find happiness and find life is to serve. Jesus said, I did not come as one to be served. Some people are sitting down, waiting to be served. That's not, that's not how God had made it. You need to serve. You need to serve. Find a place and fill a role. Oh, there, there are needs. Occupy the needs. Fill up the role. Fill up the role. Fill up the role. Now, when I was reading through this, and I closed with this story, found in the book of, I think it's one of the parables of Jesus Christ. The book of Matthew chapter 25, verse 20. The master gave talents. One, two, 
five to different people, servants. And they said, look, hey, can you do business till I come? The first one held a talent. And every one of us, God has given you one talent or the other, whether you like it or not. It's a talent you have. The first one held it. Say, I know you, master. I know you. You're a wicked man. I just, I know you. I know you. The environment is not right. I know you. Things are not, I know, I know. I'll just, I'll just stay where I am. The Bible says the man hid it. He did nothing with it. But one other one that had two said, I'm going to multiply it. The scripture said that the one that had two did, did business with it and did what? Doubled it. The one that had five did what? Doubled it. Friends, I want to challenge you today. Everything you are doing right now, make up your mind to double it. At the end of the day, verse 23, the Bible says, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. I have made up my mind for the next years to come. I'm going to double my efforts. Have I been praying before? I want to pray more. I want to double it. I'm trusting God to double my ability to give. I want to, I'm trusting God to double my ability to spend more time for the work of God. Why? Because at the end of the day, the master is going to come and ask you, How, what have you done? What have you done? You know, it closes, it closes by saying, verse 23, it says, Well done, good and faithful servant. I'm believing God that at the end of time, that is what God will say about someone. That's what God will say about your family. He's going to say to you, well done, good and faithful sister. Good and faithful brother. Enter into the joy of your master. Friends, after we have finished running this race, after we have finished going out every day, aching at a living, a day is going to come where every one of us is going to stand before the judgment throne of God. Where is the works you present? May God help us to double our efforts. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's take questions and after that we pray. Any question about church or about anything? You have a question or you have a comment, they'll pass you the mic. Anybody has a question, comment? Want to ask any question about church or there's something about church you don't understand? Okay, yes please. Um, I just had a comment. I just wanted to say like uh, I really appreciate services like this. Um, there's so much that I've been with Throne of Grace for just under a year now and there's so much I didn't even know about the conception of the church and it just starting with 13 people and to come when it was already where it is today and to see where you want to go um, that's honestly amazing and I thank you pastor for telling us to dream bigger because a lot of the time we are already authorized by Christ to take territories and do bigger but like you don't feel like you are, you are qualified for that but in Jesus name God will give us the strength and let us lean into that Amen, Amen Any other comments or questions? So, please, can you focus the camera on the person talking? Um, yeah, no, 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 go ahead. 
I'm just asking them to switch. They should focus on the person talking. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Ezekiel 4 verse 16 says, He then said to me, Son of man, I am going to cut off the food supply in Jerusalem. The people eat rationed food in anxiety and drink rationed water in despair. So that is God talking to Ezekiel, right? And God is literally telling Ezekiel what is going to happen in the future, right? And he also told Joseph the same thing of Joseph should save, right, for the future. And I want to get more understanding of that, like how God can tell you, like, what, like is this actually like a thing of God telling you what is going to happen in the future? Because God literally told Ezekiel and told Joseph, you know, what is going to happen. And it's fascinating to me. So I'm like, okay, like God, can God tell me what's going to happen in the future? Yeah. If you look at scriptures, there are a whole lot of scriptures that are pictures of the future. If you look at the book of Daniel, God downloaded the end times to a man. If you look at the life of Joseph, God downloaded what was going to happen seven years after that seven years of famine to him. If you look at the life of Abraham, God even said to him that, look, your children is going to be in a strange land. So God downloads it to people. Not only has God or does God do it in the scriptures, but even now, God downloads it to us. If you stay in the presence of God and ask God, Lord, can you give me a picture of the future? He can download it to you. He can tell you a picture of yourself. He can tell you a picture of a community. He can tell you, give you a picture of the world. And yes, um, God does. So ask is for us to seek the face of God to be able to catch a picture of the future. And that's where revelation, the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes in. I don't know whether anybody wants to add to that. Okay, Pastor Kichi's hand is up here. Praise the Lord. And it takes uh, a whole lot of concentration on God to actually hear from him. Um, if, if one dwells in a noise, too noisy environment, or if within one, one is too noisy, you might not actually catch what God wants to give you. So it takes concentration, it takes devotion, it takes surrender and submission, and a willing heart. Because if you already have your plans in your heart and you're asking God to download that information to you, there might be two different things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Any other comments or questions? Online viewers, please, if you're online and you have a comment or a question, I'd like you to put it in the chat room and then we'll be able to read out the questions if you have your questions in the chat room as well. If you have any question about the church or comments about the church that you like for us to take note or, or read out, please put it in the chat room and then it will be called to our attention and then we'll be able to address it. So if you're watching online and you want to ask a question, please go ahead and um, type it into the chat room and then we can have that uh, addressed. Yes, please, Mosu. Um, I just want to ask, like, what does believing look like? to you and like what tips do you have for believing because I I think we have to almost visualize like our dreams as well so like does it look like spending quiet time with God and just 
thinking about what, you know, God's plans for you are? Like, what, what do you suggest on that? Sorry, I don't know if I understand the question very well. Can you just help me rephrase again, yeah, please? Yes. So I'm basically asking what um, believing looks like. Like, should what we? What believing? Yeah. Looks looks like okay. Yeah. In terms of like visualization, okay. like should we spend quality time with God and think about, you know, the plans God has for us or what we are believing God for, essentially. Okay. The question for those who are online who probably may not have had her just is. What does believing look like? Is it visualization? Is it thinking more or on and on? Now, if I were to answer that question, um, uh, believing for me is a state of knowing for a certainty that what, in reference to scripture, what God has said, he can do. So, let me give an illustration. If they ask you, will there be, will evening time come? Will you doubt it? The chances are that you're not going to doubt that evening will come or tomorrow will come. You know for certainty that evening will come or tomorrow will come. Why do you know? You know because over and over again, you know that, look, hey, day and night will come. Now, when you look at it from the context of scriptures, there are certain things that scripture says. But you see, because it does not appeal to the mindset, we tend to doubt it. So, believing therefore comes to a place where you have read through scriptures and the promises of God, and you, based on the power and the things you know about God. You say, because God says this, I believe it. So he says, by his stripes, I am healed. I'm feeling some weakness in my body and tiredness in my body. Will I say, oh, I'm dead. The last time that somebody had this kind of stain, they said it was so, so, and so. Hi. And then you begin to worry. That is not believing. But see, when you have a positive conviction in your heart that in spite of how my body is feeling, because the word of God says so, I believe it. And then you begin to do what? You begin to now put actions into place to reinforce your belief. That is what believing is. I hope I'm able to make that. Yes, please. Okay, so I have another question. So um, during Bible study, this morning, Onkumiwa told us that God told Moses to do something and he asked God for confirmation. And God also told Gideon to do something and he also asked God for confirmation. So my question is, is it wrong to ask God for confirmation or once God says you should do something, then you should obey immediately or it's okay to ask for confirmation? <laughs> What did what did Dikimuiwa tell you was the answer? I didn't ask him that question. <laughs> so please let's give the microphone to Dikimuiwa. <laughs> right, we'll do part two on next Sunday. All right. So praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I when we're having the discussion, I was mentioning to them that um, God is not 
haphazard. He's not irrational from the standpoint that he meets us at our level. So when it comes to confirmation, God could have just told Gideon, I told you to go do this. Why are you asking for confirmation? If you check scripture, he actually did it multiple times. And God wasn't mad at him. God just wanted him to get to the point where his faith was built up enough. So confirmation is not out of place. God doesn't want you to just do things without any uh, assurance. So that was what I was pretty much mentioning to them this morning. I hope that answered the question. There's nothing wrong with it. Your approach matters. God knows if you are deep down, you're asking it for the right reasons. Motive is critical. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to begin to wrap up. There's nothing wrong with confirmation. Absolutely nothing wrong with confirmation. I have, I have used confirmations a couple of times in my life. The Bible says that in the presence of two or three weaknesses, a thing is established. The major decisions of my life, of all the major decisions of my life, as a matter of principle, even if I feel I've had God clearly, I will still have to check it out with someone before I take a step. Not because I don't trust myself, but because... I better. I like to put myself under that kind of discipline. Uh, you know, the scripture makes us to understand that uh, we know in parts, uh, and that's the truth. So you may even think that, hey, uh, God has said it. You had God, uh, heavens open. My son, my son, my son, go and do this. The devil can also come and flag as an angel of light. That's what the Bible says. Even the one that I thought 100%, I told you guys the story before. I saw, I saw clearly that this is, I, all the statistics I gave to God happened. And it didn't work. Anyway. <laughs> is that wrong? <laughs> okay, that, that's the last one we take, just for the sake of our time. Yes, please. Okay, I have a question about the vision you shared. Yes, please. And maybe it just wasn't clear. So I don't really, I didn't really hear the okay. piece for young adults. So I know you talked about New Flame Center and then the children and all that, okay. but the category of um, that age group, like, you know, teenage years to like, you know, young adulthood, I, I'm not really clear what the vision is for them. Well, uh, that actually is enveloped under the umbrella of imparting the young and, and the young ones and the young adults. But the, the dimension of it that I didn't talk about today is because there's a progressive step. Now, I'm trusting God by the special grace of God by the time we get a bigger place, the young adult is going to have their own full functional church. They will be their own pastor. They will do A, O, J, O, H, O, do whatever it is make their own mistakes, but at the end of the day, God will impact life unto them in the mighty name of Jesus. So, so there's a place for them as well. It's just because of the context of my time, we didn't have to address that. Can we just stand to our feet? Let's lift up our voice. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.